first pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Trevor Lawrence, quarterback Clemson. And they'll go to their star, Brees Hall, and it's a big run. Look out. Put your house on Henry not getting injured. To miss. If Henry goes down with an injury after I've said this, I'll give it away. Derrick Henry broke the fifth metatarsal in his foot this weekend. <laughs> and he could miss the rest of the year. Alright, welcome back to another NFL episode brought to you by Fig Jam Sports. You're with Tom. Uh, I thought I'd just jump on tonight. I had a few questions come over Twitter the last couple of days. A few very, very interesting questions that uh, I thought I'd touch on tonight. Uh, I thought I'd get behind a mic and, and finally record a podcast. It's been a little while. So um, I'll, get up, I'll bring up the question first. But before we do anything, before I start, I've got to do this. Sounds so good on this mic too. Ready? Oh, sounds good. Cracked a cold one. All right, let's go in. Let's go into Twitter. Let's find these questions. I got this one's from at the Scarfy, one of our more important followers, one of our more active followers on Twitter. Shout out to you. He he said, which team with a losing record has the greatest chance to mimic the recent Bengals turnaround, taking into account picks, current rosters, and dollars in the bank? Now, this is a very interesting question. This is a great question because no one saw the Bengals going on this run last year. And the Bengals are in an amazing situation where they've got $50 million or probably closer to $65 million in free cap this year. And they've got lots of rookies on cheap money that are doing amazing things. So let's have a look around the league and try and find the next Bengals team. I had a lot of fun doing it, actually. I come up with three teams. One team intrigues me a lot of the others. Now, the, the part of this question that is probably the hardest is which team with a losing record. Now, when you go over the teams with a losing record, you've got Jacksonville, Detroit, the Texans, the Jets, the Giants, uh, Panthers, the Falcons, the Broncos, Seattle, Washington, I think. Uh, the Vikings, I think, the Browns and the Ravens, I think they both had a losing record. Well, they did. They did have a losing record. So there's there's all the teams that had a losing record from last year. Now, let's just go through them. Jags, no chance. If if the Jags make the playoffs next year, I, I don't know how they do it. And I'm not even going to try and dive into their team and see where they advanced so much to make the playoffs the lions the lions interest me a little bit i didn't do the lions maybe i might do a podcast on them some other time but we sort of we discussed the lions at length a couple of weeks ago with beard about their uh about their team situation what players they've got what they need to draft and let's be honest detroit hasn't been good forever like detroit isn't going to turn it around in next year the Texans, no, just no. The Jets, maybe, but it would have to be something outworldly from 
uh, Zach Wilson. And I can't see it happening. Elijah Moore, maybe they draft another wide receiver. I can't see it happening. I really like their team in bits and pieces. And maybe maybe they could have a, I don't know, a 7 and 10 season or something like that. But I, I can't see them making the playoffs. No way. The Giants, uh, yeah, no. No, I can't see the Giants doing anything. DJ would have to do something really, really special next year. I can't see it happening. Kenny Golladay looks like a bum. Um, they're they're going to draft two offensive linemen. Maybe Barkley has a crazy year where he rushes for 2,000 yards and scores 25 touchdowns. That is a big possibility and stays healthy, which is going to be rare, but there is a slight possibility there. But apart from that, the Giants have a lot of holes all over the place. They have to... The best thing what the Bengals did was they signed a lot of defensive players cheap from free agency. Uh, Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson, Eli Apple, to a lesser extent. They're just off the top of my head. I didn't really look at that. But they signed a lot last year off free agency. Uh, let's keep going through them. The Broncos, the Broncos are a very good chance if they sign someone like Aaron Rodgers. I think they could go on a real run into playoffs because their defense is legit and they acquired a lot of picks in the trade with the Rams. Uh, the Falcons, just no, not while Matty Ryan is still there uh, and they're not going to trade for a quarterback. They'll draft a quarterback. Washington, no. They've, their defense, arguably one of the better defenses in the NFL. They've just, they haven't got any offense. That's their biggest problem. The Vikings, the Vikings are almost the opposite. They've got a really good offense and a really shit defense. Uh, so there is teams here with a 7-10 and 10 record that are a chance to make finals, to make playoffs, and, and maybe they just get lucky and go on a run like the Bengals did, but I, I just can't see it happening. So the teams I've... I've touched on tonight are the well there's three teams let's talk about two for starters two that are pretty close to my heart two AFC North teams and the Ravens and the Browns both finished last year with a eight and nine record so didn't quite make the playoffs the Ravens got beat by the Steelers in the last round which kicked them out of playoff contention uh, the Ravens the Ravens have 10 mil cap space which they'll need to restructure because Lamar is looking for a massive, massive contract upgrade. He's looking for a $45 million contract next year, and I think he's worth it. I really think he's worth it. If Patrick Mahomes is getting $50 million, Lamar, I think, is worth $45. Uh, Aaron, Rodgers wants 40, uh, Aaron Rodgers wants $50 million. Lamar's worth 40 to $45 million. So that is going to absolutely wipe out their cap space. They'll have to restructure somewhere in the defense. I think they can do it without diving in too much. Um, they need to get another wide receiver. They need to. They've got Rashad Bateman and Hollywood Brown. They drafted Rashad Bateman last year, and he was not great this year. A lot of injuries kept him out. Hopefully they can keep him healthy for next year. Hollywood Brown was legit. He looked really, really good with Lamar. So between them two, I think they need a third just because them two seem to be out with injury between them every second week. I've gone with Wondale Robinson, 5'10", 190 pounds. Uh, only a little fella. I think he'd be really, really fun in this in this team. He won't be a first-round pick. He's a, he's a mid-second-round pick, and they've got a second-round pick. Uh, I think Wondale Robinson will fit into this system really nicely. 
And in the first round, they're going to have to draft a defensive edge. George Karloftis or Trevon Walker will both be sitting there for them, I believe, at their pick. And between, let's say, George Karloftis and Wondale Robinson, their first two picks in the draft, I think the Ravens can be a team that can really go. Like, okay, maybe this is, this is not a hot take at all. Like, the Ravens are, are really, really good. And they were just really unlucky not to make playoffs this year. They had two times this year where they decided to go for a two-point conversion to win the game instead of kicking a field goal. One was against Green Bay and the other one was against, I want to say the Vikings. No, that's not right. Who was it against? Yeah, I know one was against Green Bay. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, Twice. So that's two games they lost. They also lost to the Steelers in Week 18, which... You know, the Steelers are shit. Like, how the fuck do you lose to the Steelers? Lamar was injured a lot of last year, and they couldn't rely on their backups. So, even though he was really good, actually, I'm probably being a bit hard on him there. But Lamar, you know, Lamar is, talent-wise, a top-four quarterback in the NFL. Pay the man, draft some weapons, draft a nice defensive edge in George Karloftis or Javon Walker. I think the Ravens are a real Super Bowl contender next year. That's, yeah, that's boring, I know, because they were only 8-9 and nine last year, and and they really should have made the playoffs. They were top of the AFC for a little while. So, all right, let's move on. Let's go to the Browns. All right, the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns have $28 million in cap space. With not many players that need a big upgrade in their contract, they lost Odell Beckham. Who was one to get off their books, which was which was nice. Uh, the only really one is the corner Denzel Ward. He's up for a contract extension. I think they'll give it to him at around eighteen million dollars. So that'll wipe a little bit off their cap space. But listen to these two that are going: Jadavian Clowney and David and Joku. Clowney, the defensive edge. I think he's like twenty, or maybe thirty years old. Was he a first overall pick by the Texans? I think he was in like twenty. 12, no, 2014, I think he was a first overall pick, I know he came from the Texans, I just can't remember whether he was first overall, he was close to that anyway, David Njoku, the tight end who seems to get a lot of hype every year, but he's just stuffed with Austin Hooper and who else have they got there, Harry Bryant, uh, they've just got too many tight ends there, David Njoku will walk, he's on around $7 million a year, so that's that's two, I don't know what clown he was on, but let's say 20, 20 mil, I don't know, I'm just guessing now, uh, but between them two, that's a massive two players that are going to walk, um, so the only real upgrade is Denzel Ward, now, in the draft, Cleveland, they've got pick, uh, what is it, about 12, 13 or something, uh, and they're almost certainly going to draft a wide receiver, whether that be Garrett Wilson or Traylon Burks, whoever falls to them, maybe Drake London, maybe not, I'd, I'd I've mocked Traylon Burks there just about every time I've done a mock draft. Traylon Burks at the Browns would be fantastic. I don't care what anyone says. Traylon Burks at the Browns with Baker Mayfield, fan-fucking-tastic. I love it. I love it for fantasy, for real life, everything. And I hate the Browns. I'm a Bengals fan. I hate the Browns. But you got to admire when a pick just goes nicely. Like, who knows? It could be the next Burrow and Chase, the new 
Burks and Mayfield. Who knows? It could be. Probably not, but maybe. Second round, they're losing Jadavian Clowney. They need another edge rusher, another pass rusher. I think that's Arnold Everkete, who I think is a fair chance of being drafted in the first round. But if he slips, I've seen a couple of mocks where he slipped sort of around pick 50 or 45. What's what's they got? 40, about 45 they've got the Browns. I reckon he's a very good chance to slip there. He's 6'3", 260 pounds. He's massive, Arnold Epiquette. And people are sleeping on him massively as a pass rusher. Just because he's so massive. Like, yeah, he... When you when you think about the good pass rushers, you're talking about Aiden Hutchinson, KT, David Ajabo, Travon Walker, uh, who's some others? I can't think off the top of my head. But then there's Arnold Epiquette who I've seen mocked in the first round, like I said, a few times. So if they can get him in the second round to replace Jadavian Clowney on like $16 million less than Clowney was getting, that's massive for the Browns. So they haven't really lost anything there. So their offense is getting an upgrade in getting that premium receiver in Garrett Wilson or Traylon Burks. And then they're replacing one of the greatest edge rushers of all time with someone who is getting $16 million less per season. So for the Browns, that's massive. I, I, I don't like the Browns that much. The Browns don't really interest me as a team. Like they're, They've bashed my Bengals. You know, it's always been a, a tight battle for the worst team in the AFC North between the Browns and the Bengals. And for a while, we had the wood over them, but... But the Browns, the last few seasons, apart from this season, the last couple of seasons, the Browns have been very good. They were one, one win or two wins away from going to a Super Bowl uh, two years ago, and last last year. So the Browns are a good side. Let me talk about Baker Mayfield. Everyone puts shit on Baker Mayfield. Everyone. They've just... The Browns are a rushing team. Everyone knows that. they got one of the best O-lines, if not the best O-line in the NFL. They've got two of the best running backs in the NFL in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt more as a pass catcher. And Nick Chubb is just a put your head down and barge through this massive hole that my O-line's just created. And that's they've set plays for that the whole time. Let's look at Baker Mayfield back in college. This is why Baker Mayfield was a first overall pick. Are you ready for this? Okay. As a sophomore at Oklahoma, he had 13 games, 395 pass attempts, 269 completions at 68.1% completion rate as a sophomore. 68.1% completion rate as a sophomore. That's better than Kenny Pickett this year. Kenny Pickett had one of the greatest breakout seasons we've seen for a long time. Baker Mayfield had a better completion rate as a sophomore. What the fuck? 3,700 yards, 36 touchdowns, and 7 interceptions as a sophomore at Oklahoma. Baker Mayfield, my God. He also had 141 rushing attempts for 405 yards. And seven rushing touchdowns. Baker Mayfield is a good player. As a junior at Oklahoma. 
358 passing attempts, 254 completions at 71% completion rate. I was saying in the last pod, anything over 70% is absolutely massive. A completion rate over 70% is so rare. Just under 4,000 passing yards, 40 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Rushing stats. 78 attempts, 177 yards. Didn't go that good on his feet in 2016 as a junior. He had six rushing touchdowns. As a senior, 404 attempts, 285 completions, 70.5%. Again, back-to-back years over 70% completion rate. Massive. 4,700 passing yards. That's more than any quarterback in this 2022 class. No shit. Baker went one over one overall. 43 touchdowns, six interceptions. That is ridiculous. That is some Aaron Rodgers numbers right there. He also had 97 rushes for 311 yards and six rushing touchdowns as a senior. Baker Mayfield is a great passing quarterback. Don't read on Twitter about Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is good. All right, enough about the Browns. Enough about Baker Mayfield. I'm going to get flogged for talking about Baker Mayfield too much. He's probably going to get traded from the Browns, and then I'm going to look like a total fuckwit. Doesn't matter. Let's move on to my smoky team. Now, this team had a 9-8 record last year, so they don't actually fit into Scarfy's uh, question. But I thought I'd touch on them anyway, because none of the teams with a losing record really interested me, except for maybe the Jets, and it's the Jets. So the Jets, they're not doing anything. They're, yeah. The Giants have got two top ten picks. Maybe they could do something and... No, they can't. Okay. The Jets also have two top ten picks. So the Jets interest me more than the Giants. Do I think the Jets are going to make the playoffs next year? Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> Crazy. Alright. My team. My team that I did a lot of research for. I spent about... Over an, hour, over an hour researching this team just for this podcast, which I'm going to talk about for about 10 minutes or less. So you better bloody appreciate it. The Philadelphia Eagles. That's right. They had a 9-8 record last year. So next year's uh, cap um, is $208 million. I think it's like I'm trying to think off the top of my head while I'm reading this. I think it's 190 something this year. Next year, it's jumping up to 208. No, it's 186, that's right. So they're jumping up 22 million to 208 million salary cap, which puts the Eagles $21 million under the cap projected after free agency. That's huge. $21 million under the cap after they've extended everyone. That's massive. I mean, you know, I was saying the Bengals are going to be like 50 million, but. The Eagles are probably the next best couple. Everyone's over. Everyone's way over. There's some teams like the Saints. They're like $100 million over the cap. Crazy numbers. Anyway, Philadelphia Eagles. They need to extend their defensive tackle, Javon Hargraves, who went to the Pro Bowl this year. He's about the only big name I think they need to extend. Um, Miles Sanders, I think he's off contract this year. Uh, he's not on massive money, so it doesn't really matter anyway, but... He was a player that I think they'll extend as well. Eagles need another wide receiver. I've got a few options here. Drake London, George Pickens in the draft. They've got, 
interesting thing about the Eagles. They got three picks, 16, 17, and 19, or 15, 16, and 19, maybe. They could do some real damage in this draft. I won't... I'll touch on something in a bit minute, in a minute, but they need a wide receiver. Drake London or George Pickens will fall for them at these picks. You know I'm a lot higher on Pickens than a lot of people. Chris Alave is probably another option there for the Eagles. But you know I'm really high on Pickens. So Drake London and George Pickens at either one of those picks. The other option is they sign a free agent wide receiver. I went over all the free agent wide receivers, all that I think will be free agents come March. And probably the only one that I thought fitted into their system was Mike Williams from LA Chargers. Had a great, great year this year. The problem is, because he had such a great year, he's going to want huge, huge money. He's going to want around $17 million a year. Is he worth it? Absolutely not. In my opinion, he's nowhere near worth it. He could knock $5 million off that, and I still don't think he's worth it. He had a great year. He's 26 years old, I think. Um, I, I can't see... The Eagles have the cap. The Eagles can afford him, and he will fit really, really well into their system. Do I think it's a good idea? No. I'd rather go with a Drake London or a George Pickens on a rookie contract. Put them with, let's say, Drake London. No, nah, let's say George Pickens and Devonta Smith. George Pickens can spread the field, and, and Devonta Smith can separate uh, between the line of scrimmage. So I like George Pickens to the Eagles more than I might like Mike Williams but I'm a Pickens fanboy. So, yeah, the Eagles need to drop JJ Arcaga Whiteside. He's only on $1.5 million a year, but he needs to just fuck off. He's He was once a thing, and now he's not. So, yeah, uh, they need to get rid of him. Just let him go. I don't know. No one's going to pick him up, I don't think. Is he? Nah. Maybe someone's practice squad, but he's really not that good. Uh, let's look at another player where I think they're going to take at another pick. they got three picks, remember. So I'm only going to talk about two players here. The other player is David Ajabo from the edge rusher from Michigan who teamed up with Aiden Hutchinson and had a massive, massive breakout year this year. That, was that because the offensive line was double-teaming Aiden Hutchinson? Absolutely it was. David Ajabo had a breakout year because Aiden Hutchinson had a great year. David Ajabo, 11 sacks, 13 tackles for loss, huge numbers. 35 tackles, 5 forced fumbles in just 10 games. All that in 10 games. 13 tackles for loss in 10 games. That's ridiculous. He's 6'5", 250, so another massive, massive pass rusher. Uh, David Ajabo, I think, would be a great pick there at pick 15, 16, or 19. The other one, the other pick they have, I don't really care. They've got a, they've got a very good, very. That was a cross between very and really, very. They have a very good offensive line, mainly because there is an Aussie that is carving it up there at the Eagles. Uh, I'll, I'll say they need a corner. I'll say someone like Andrew Booth from Clemson would be a nice pick. Um, the other option is they could trade. They could the Eagles could do some massive damage if they trade. There's rumors, rumors about Russell Wilson going to the Eagles. Personally, I can't see it. I can't see it happening. Um, but with the picks they've got, 
Jalen Hurts and I don't know. What would you need to add to Jalen Hurts to get Russell Wilson? Two firsts? Seems like a bit of an overpay. First and a second plus Jalen Hurts for Russell Wilson? That's, you know, a first and a second and you've still got two first round picks. That would be amazing for the Eagles. That would make Devonta Smith and whatever wide receiver they draft, let's say George Pickens, wow. Imagine George Pickens and Devonta Smith with that offensive line with Russell Wilson throwing in the ball. This is why I wrote down the Eagles at the Scarfy. The Eagles could be the team that makes a Bengals-type playoff run next year. Even though they made the playoffs this year. We're probably forgetting about that. Tampa Bay kicked them out of the playoffs. And they had a winning record. They were 9-8. So they weren't a great team. But the Eagles are a bit of a forgotten team. They made the playoffs. They sacked their coach. Their coach has gone to Jacksonville. Uh, let's, let's talk about Jalen Hurts for a second before I finish up this question. Jalen Hurts was pick 53 in the 2020 draft. Um... I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Jalen Hurts is good. Like I just praised Baker Mayfield for the last 15 minutes. I'm not going to sit here and say that Jalen Hurts is the answer. Do I think he's going to do a job there? Absolutely I will. Do I think they need to get rid of him because he had a terrible year? No. I think he had a fine year. Let's let's go through some stats though. 15. So he was picked 53 in 2020. He played 15 games this year. Just over 3,000 yards. 31-44 on the low side. 16 touchdowns and 9 interceptions. That is awful. Awful, awful. At a 61% completion rate. That is awful. 61% in the NFL is just not good enough. 16 touchdowns. Like. For fantasy, is really, really good because he's got that rushing. And I, I believe he was the... Of any fantasy player... In the NFL, I believe he had the most fourth quarter fantasy points of anyone in the NFL. And that's because he was just getting junk time rush yards. It was Jalen Hurts is not the answer at the Eagles if they want to win a Super Bowl. But he's he's acceptable. He's going to get them through. Like they made the playoffs this year. With a 61% completion rate quarterback who threw for 16 touchdowns. That's like Cam Newton numbers. Cam Newton over the last few years, not early Cam Newton numbers. So, that's the Eagles, and that is the team who have the draft capital, they have the cap size, and they have the young players who could go on a massive run in the 2022 season and make a Super Bowl appearance. I hope that answers your question, Scarfy. That went for a lot longer than I thought it would have, so I'm probably going to pause the podcast here. I'm going to get on have a break, and I'm going to get into these other questions. So I'll be back in a minute. All right, I'm back. We're back into it. Question two that comes through was from a mate, Dave, at Bought Not Bread, if you know who that is. Uh, most of you would. Most of you that's, that are in sleeper fantasy leagues would know Bought Not Bread. He's a legend, Dave. Uh, he's very active, always sort of... Always asking me questions about the NFL and, and about NRL... Um, He's good. So shout out to Dave. I know you'll be listening. So here's your question. It's a, it's a few questions. He basically said, can you talk about Trey Lance tonight on your pod? And Trey Lance topic has come up a lot lately, being that my old co-host is a tragic 49ers fan. 
the Trey Lance last year when the San Francisco moved up to pick three, traded away a couple of first-rounders and can't remember what else was in that trade, but they moved up and they took this young kid out of a small college uh, called North Dakota. And this kid's name is Trey Lance. Took him at, over, at number three overall. A lot of people were expecting him to take Mac Jones or Justin Fields, and they sort of... Oh, there were sort of rumours that they were looking at Trey Lance, but I kind of expected them to take Mac Jones. Anyway, they took Trey Lance. So so the questions Dave's asked, let's get into it. When does Jimmy G get traded? What draft capital would Jimmy G bring the Niners? Will Lance start week one? Who will be Lance's backup? Who do the Niners take late in the second round of the draft? So all good questions, and they're all based. You can pretty much answer them all in one answer. Um, but first, let's get into Trey Lance. Trey Lance from North Dakota, originally from Marshall High School. Uh, never heard of it. Tried to find some high school stats. There was a few, but it wasn't wasn't anything to brag about. So let's go through some college stats for Trey Lance because this is exciting. This is exciting. Okay, you ready? So as a sophomore, so he only played one game as a junior before he got drafted because of the COVID year. Um, in that one game as a junior, he had 143 rushing yards. He had like 30 passes for 15 completions, which was a shithouse. Uh, I actually think he had more rushing yards than he had passing yards, which is pretty ridiculous. I think he had two touchdowns, one interception, passing. Uh, that was in his one game as a junior. Let's go and have a look at his sophomore, because this is ridiculous. 16 games, right? 192 completions out of 287 passing attempts. That's 67, just over 67% completion rate, which is, as I've said a lot of times, high 60s is where you want them. Over 70 is the elite of your elite. That's like a top top one overall NFL draft pick if they're you know, throwing big yards over 70% completion rate. So this is 67%. Only 2,800 yards, which is very low end, uh, but we'll get into why in a second where he makes up for that. So 2,800 yards. Listen to these numbers. 28 passing touchdowns and ready? Zero interceptions. 28 passing touchdowns and zero interceptions. Holy dooly. That is insane. It gets better. Keep listening to this. Rushing yards. He had 1,100 rushing yards in 16 games. 14 rushing touchdowns in 16 games. What the fuck? This kid is a freak. An absolute freak. Now, granted, we haven't seen him in the NFL much. We haven't seen him against many NFL-style defenses. Uh, the few games he played in the NFL for the 49ers, he looked really, really good. But that those college stats, if college stats... I'm, I'm big on stats. I believe... If they've got their head screwed on right and they're putting up crazy numbers in college, they're going to be really, really good in the NFL. Trey Lance, if he's got his head screwed on right, which I think he does, those numbers are enough for me to say that the 49ers picked a really, really good one there at number three. All right, enough about Trey Lance for a second. That's sort of that's sort of a background on Trey Lance. Let's talk about Jimmy G now. So I think it's fairly public, or well, there's been enough rumours to sort of make it that it's not a rumour anymore. Um, 49ers want two second-round picks for Jimmy G. 
there's a fair few teams that have made offers. Let me just read out some of these offers that I've heard. Now, take all these with a grain of salt. They're just sort of rumours of fairly reliable sources. I'll give them that. Like, they're not, they're not just some shit beat writer that's got 500 followers on Twitter. These, these guys are legit sources with thousands of followers. The Bucks offered one 22-second, one second-round pick in 2022 for Jimmy G. Washington Football offered a 22-third and a 23-fourth. So going back again, all right, 49ers want two second-round picks. So a 22-second and a 23-second, something like that for Jimmy G. Washington offered a 22-third and a 23-fourth. So a bit off the mark there. The Panthers, Carolina Panthers offered a 22-fourth and a 23-second. Again, a bit off the mark, but it's getting closer. Listen to this one. This is hilarious. This is the Steelers. The Steelers sent an offer. Apparently, again, take this with a grain of salt. Sorry to the Steelers fans, but this is just fucking hilarious. It's so it's so bad. It's good. So bad. The Steelers told the 49ers, we'll take Jimmy G off your hands. If you have, we'll give you a 22 third, a 23 sixth. So, you know, it's not terrible. It's not uh, it's close to the worst offer out there, but it's not terrible. 22 third and 23 sixth for Jimmy G. But listen to this. Also, do you mind paying half his salary for this year? Can you imagine the Steelers making that phone call to the 49ers and making that offer when the 49ers have made it fairly public? They want two second round picks for him? Good Lord. The Steelers. Wow, we. So that's Jimmy G. It looks like he's going to get traded. Where will he go? I don't know. Probably the Steelers. Probably the Steelers is a is a good fit for him. Looking at their offense, um, yeah, they're. I don't know. They've got a good defense. I, I think the Steelers and the Forty ers their teams are fairly similar. I'd say the Forty ers have a much much better offensive line. Both got very very good defenses. Both got similar offensive weapons. Uh, just the Steelers don't have very good offensive line, whereas the 49ers do. So that's the difference there. Where do I think he go? Let's just take a stab in the dark here. Uh, Broncos? I don't know. I don't really like him at the Broncos. I'm just I'm not a Jimmy G fan. I, I'm hard. It's hard for me to imagine him in any other team when I just don't like him. I, he's a backup quarterback. Like I just don't. I don't get how he's been a starter for so long and the 49ers have been so successful. For me, looking at him, he's a backup quarterback and I believe that's where, where he will go next year and for the rest of his career. Um, let's look at a couple of trades. I only wrote down two, Carson Wentz and Sam Darnold. Two trades that I figured Jimmy G is somewhere in, in the middle between Carson Wentz and Sam Darnold. I think he's not as good as Carson Wentz, but I think he's better than Sam Darnold. So... The Carson Wentz trades from the Eagles to the Colts. The uh, the Colts got uh, the Eagles got sorry. The Colts gave up a twenty a twenty twenty one third round pick and a twenty twenty two second round pick. Although, if Carson Wentz plays seventy five percent of snaps, that second round pick turns into a first round pick, which is why the Eagles gained another first round pick this year. So that was a that was a bit of a weird contract. So a twenty twenty one third, which was last year. That's already been taken. And a 2022 first. It was a second, but now it's a first because Wentz played a certain amount of snaps. 
So a first, oh, let's let's just say a late first and a mid third for Carson Wentz, which when you equal it out, it's probably similar to what the 49ers want for Jimmy G. So what I'm getting at here is that because I don't think Jimmy G is as good as Carson Wentz, I think that the two second round picks for Jimmy G is too much. So in a roundabout way, hopefully that all makes sense. Uh, let's talk about Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold was a pretty simple trade. Uh, the New York Jets got a 2021 second, a 2021 fourth, and a 2022 sixth. So the 2021 picks that were taken up last year and the 2022 pick, which is a sixth rounder, not much really. It'll be taken this year. So the Darnold trade, fairly cheap in my opinion for Sam Darnold. Probably, uh, maybe not. When you really think about it, a second and a fourth and a sixth for Sam Darnold. Yeah, that's about his value, I think. I think it's about right. Uh, Carson Wentz, I think that's about right too. And, and Jimmy G, I think it's a little... I think a second and a third uh, would would be good enough for Jimmy G. So so that's two trades that happened in the last 12 months, really, uh, that are similar to the Jimmy G... Um, now let's talk about if Jimmy G moves on let's talk about Trey Lance and what's going to happen there at the 49ers because I don't believe they have a third quarter on their depth chart a third quarterback on their depth chart I can't seem to find who that is uh, they had who was their backup last year Nick Mullins does that sound right I feel like it was Nick Mullins yeah it was anyway Back to where I was getting at. So, Trey Lance, if, if they trade away Jimmy G, Trey Lance doesn't have a backup. A couple of players I like, who I think I think the 49ers need to buy someone who's half decent. I don't think they can just throw in or draft a quarterback in the sixth round and and have him as Trey Lance's backup. That's not going to work. That's not how the 49ers work. So, a couple, couple of guys who I think would fit really nice into that system is Marcus Mariota and Tyler Huntley. Marcus Mariota, obviously... Uh, been around the traps, but at, at the Raiders at the moment, a very, very good backup quarterback who is probably good enough to be a starter in the NFL or, or close to a starter. I actually did a mock there about six weeks ago and I and I uh, moved Russell Wilson to the Steelers and I had this and I had Seattle buying Marcus Mariota as their starter and drafting a quarterback in like the second or third round. So... I can. I don't really think that's going to happen, but that was just something fun that I played around with, moving picks around. Uh, so Marcus Mariota, I think, would be a good backup to Trey Lance. The other is Tyler Huntley from Baltimore. Did a great, great job this year. Very, very underrated backup quarterback for Lamar Jackson. Uh, he's off contract, and he was getting paid absolute peanuts by the Ravens this year. 780000 he was getting, which I don't know if there's a quarterback backup quarterback in the NFL getting paid as little as 780000 Um Yeah, so that's two two players that I think would be great for a Trey Lance backup. They're all fairly similar. They're all rushing quarterbacks. Um, they've all got a really good arm. So I think that they don't really need to change the offense. Say Trey Lance is not really working in this game, say he's throwing two picks or something and, and he gets benched, 
you can throw in a Tyler Huntley or Marcus Mariota and you don't have to change the whole play style too much. Um, they can still escape the pocket really well and they can still hit their receivers. So so that's who I've got there. In terms of draft picks for the 49ers, they've got pick 61-93. They picked up another uh, round three pick because of the Mike McDaniels going to Miami. Uh, they've got a pick 130, pick 170, blah, blah, blah. Lots of lots down the bottom there. Uh, the 49ers really, really need to improve their secondary. Someone I've mocked there is the other Cincinnati corner who is opposite Armand Gardner. That's Kobe Bryant. I've mocked him there. Um, there's a couple of safeties I like around that range, but... Yeah, I think they really need to improve on their defensive backs. Uh, that'll help. They don't really... Christian Watson is an interesting one because he was Trey Lance's wide receiver in college. That would be a really interesting pick, and I, they might be able to get him in the third round. I don't hate that pick. Um, so Christian Watson in the third, and, and a, they desperately need a DB in the second. So that's that's what I've got the 49ers doing. Um all right, we'll move on. We'll move on from the 49ers, and we'll go to the next question. This is a really, really interesting one. It's a really, really tricky one, but it, it, what's the answer I'm trying to look for here? It's something I'm very passionate about when I'm drafting or I'm in a dynasty league. It's from R. Vinny or at R. Vincent, 1987. Um, so Ross. Ross is in a lot of leagues with us. I think he's doing a mock draft. He's in our mock draft with us at the moment. We're doing a startup dynasty mock draft to talk about on a podcast next week. And his question is, draft trade theory, how you weigh veterans versus rookies. Do people spend too much time looking at two, three years ahead and not trying to win now? It's a good point. I know there's a lot of guys I'm in leagues with that are always trying to get younger and younger and younger. Um, and I'm kind of the opposite. I'm trying to find that peak. I'm trying to get one to two years out of a guy in their peak and then trade them before they drop off. That's what I'm always trying to do. So players like, uh, let me try and think, someone, Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel, good start. Debo Samuel's just hit a purple patch this year. And as long as he stays healthy, he's going to be one of the most destructive wide receivers for the next two years. Debo Samuel is 26, I want to say. A lot of people would be saying that Debo Samuel's starting to get over the hill. I don't believe he is. I reckon he has another two or three years left in him. If I can get two or three years at, of 1,200-yard seasons and then sell him for someone, for let's say a first and a second, something like that, when he's 28 or 29. That's what I'm trying to do with wide receivers. And at the moment, Debo is very, very expensive, but you try and, you try and find those guys, obviously, before they're at their peak. Um, but he's not as, as expensive as, let's say, someone that's really, really young, Amon Ross St. Brown or Elijah Moore. There's not a lot of difference in price between Amon Ra, Elijah Moore, or Debo Samuel. I should bring up a mock draft. I won't do it because it'll be a pain in the ass and I'll lose everything. But the difference in price between Amonra, Elijah Moore, and Debo Samuel is not great enough for the amount of production, for the amount more production Debo is going to give you over the next two to three years. So the the age of a player, I believe, 
adds value to them unnecessarily. So the younger the player adds too much value to them. So what I'm trying to get at is don't look at the younger players too much. Now, I went stat diving big time on this because I'm so passionate about this. I went and looked at a lot of websites, did a lot of maths in my head. I looked at Sleeper. The best the best place to find this sort of stuff is on sleep on Sleeper. Just go into Sleeper, look up leaders of the last few years, look at who was, um, yeah, the top, I don't know, 12, top 10, top 15, top 24, whatever you want to look at. And then look at their ages. Add up all their ages, divide them by however many players, and you get an average age. All right, so I did some stats. You ready? This could take a while, but it's worth it. Price for vets v rookies, I called it. The average games played per season for a wide receiver one is 15.75. So let's just start there. So basically it's saying a wide receiver, I did a lot of my stats on wide receivers. I'll get into running backs a little bit later. I didn't do as much on running backs just because wide receivers, there's so many of them. It's easy to get stats for. So the average games played in a season for a WR1 or a top 12 wide receiver is 15.75. So basically they're missing a quarter of a game on a, on a regular 17-game season, obviously 18 games this year. So so that 15.75 will creep up a bit. So you're looking for a guy that doesn't get injured. I know it's very, very hard to predict a guy that doesn't get injured, but but injuries do... You, you, you don't... You basically, someone that misses two games of a season, they don't finish as a wide receiver one. That's what I'm getting at here. Two games is a very, very... I think Devontae Adams missed one game this year. Uh, he still finished as a wide receiver one. If he missed two, does he still finish as a wide receiver one? It's hard to say. But Devontae Adams is a stud. The average age of a wide receiver one. Now, I'll get into ages in a second, like actual ages. But the average amount of seasons they've played is five. So when a player is at their peak for a wide to be a wide receiver one, they're in their fifth season. So that's past their rookie contract. You think about that, It's that's getting up towards 27, 28 years old, depending on when they got drafted. So fifth season is when they really hit their peak. Uh, since, since 2013, four rookies have finished wide receiver one. So I did studies back to 2013 because sleeper was easy to go back to 2013. So only four rookies in all that time finished as a wide receiver one. There's three up until this year. Jamar Chase was the fourth, and Jalen Waddle was wide receiver 13. So you could nearly add Jalen Waddle in there. But still, of all the players in the last nine, eight, nine years, eight years, seven, eight, eight years, only four rookies, and that's including Jamar Chase from this year. That's pretty incredible. So that's going to show that maybe the younger, the fresh rookies aren't going to win your championships as much as you want them to. Uh, 26.5 years old is, is the average age of a wide receiver one. So the fifth season thing is, um, yeah, so 26.5 years old over the last eight years. It was actually a bit more. It was like 26.8 or something, 26.9. So it was probably closer to 27 years old is the average age of a wide receiver one. I found some. I found another website. This is very interesting. 
and it goes back to 2009 and it had lots of stats. I didn't have to do lots of adding up in my head. So this, I should have gone to this website at the start. But since 2009, zero 21-year-old wide receivers have finished in the top five. That was up until this year. Jamar Chase broke the donut. So there has been one 21-year-old finish in the top five for wide receivers since 2009. That's pretty amazing. That's very amazing. Now, I broke down every single age group of all the wide receivers since 2009, and I worked out the percentage chance they have of each age group. So 21, I think, we went through to like, there might have been uh, Larry Fitzgerald was like 36 or something when he had a good year. So from 21 right up until 36, Larry Fitzgerald. I worked out the percentage chance they have of finishing as a top five wide receiver. Does that make sense? Hope it does. So zero until this year, zero 21-year-olds have finished in the top five. The highest percentage of players who finish as a top five wide receiver in age categories is 29 years old. So a 29 year old has the highest percentage chance of finishing in the top five, 29. So, so much for the old days where they say 27, 28, and then you start to go down. So is this starting to say that 29 years old is their absolute peak and you should sell them after that season? Probably is. That's at 12%. So 12% of 29-year-olds will finish as a top five wide receiver every year. The second highest percentage is 26 and 27 and 31. So at 8%, eight, so it's a fair drop-off. So 12% of 29-year-olds, 8% of 26-year-olds, 8% of 27-year-olds, and 8% of 31-year-olds will finish as a top five wide receiver. I don't know who the 31-year-olds are. I'll have to go back and have a look see who those players were because 31 is pretty old. So 8% of 26-year-olds, 8% of 27-year-olds, and 8% of 31-year-olds will finish as a top five wide receiver. The next highest, now there's a fair few of them, they're all in the 5% bracket. 5% of 23-year-olds, 5% of 24-year-olds, 5% of 25-year-olds, 5% of 30-year-olds, and 5% of 34-year-olds will finish as a top five wide receiver every year. Every other age group, so 22, uh, 32, 28. 28 seems to be a bit of an outlier here. They're all less than 5% chance of finishes in top five wide receiver, which I thought was quite incredible, especially that 34 number. There was a, it was a very small pool of players. I, I can't remember exactly how many players it was, but 5% of them finish as a top five wide receiver. Those numbers are roughly the same for a wide receiver one. So when I said top five, it was just easy to work out. It was less people I was working off. But when I did go and had a sort of skim over all the wide receiver ones, it was roughly the same percentage. Um, I didn't do every year right back to 2009 because it would have taken me all day and all night. But it was roughly the same percentage. So top five, wide receiver one, there was not much difference. I think like it was 11.9% for 29-year-olds to finish the top five. It was like 11.7% for them to finish as a wide receiver one or something like that. I don't know. I might be confusing that there. But anyway, so the 25 to 32-year-olds 
are all very close percentage for wide receiver one. So you want your ideal time to own a wide receiver is between 25 and 32 years old. Obviously, you don't want them when they're older. Like, that's a given. Don't go out and start buying 31-year-old wide receivers. But don't go and sell your 27-year-olds for 21-year-olds and pay overs just because they're 21. You're still going to get years value. You're still going to get two to three years value. Um, with the amount of trades that happen in leagues these days, there is no, there is, there is a very very small chance you're going to hold a player that's 22 years old, and get all their production through till they're 32 years old. It just doesn't happen, right? I've been in dynasty leagues for five six years. I don't think in those leagues that are my oldest, there is not a player on the roster that I've had the whole time. It doesn't happen. Like as as romantic as it sounds to draft Jamar Chase last year and hold him until he turns thirty four and retires, it doesn't happen. At some point you're gonna sell him. He's gonna get injured, someone's gonna come and offer you some nice player for him and you're gonna take it. So that is my this is why I'm so passionate about this topic in particular. So let's let's get away from your wide receiver ones for a second or your top end wide receivers. Here's a percentage chance of a wide receiver in their age bracket are finishing as a wide receiver one, two, or three. As a top 36 wide receiver, 24 to 35 year olds, so the very, there was very, very small amount of 35 year olds, but when they did, they all hit. I think it was 50% of over 34 year olds finished as a top um, 36 wide receiver. So we're talking about like Larry Fitzgerald and Danny Amendola and players like that. Um, so between 24 and 35 year old, 44 to 52% chance that they'll finish the top thick, top 36 wide receiver. So 24 to 35 year olds, you've basically got a 50% chance of them hitting, uh, in your starting lineup. Under 24 year old, this is very, very interesting, right? So under 24 year olds, so we're talking 22s or 21s, 22s, 23s, it's less than 40%. It's 36 to 39% chance. So your, your rookies, your guys on your early rookie contracts, they'd say they're drafted 22, second year 23, third year 24. It's not until their third year where they actually become super reliable as a top 36 wide receiver, as an every week starter in your fantasy lineups. So your 21-year-olds, basically, unless their name is Jamar Chase, you're sort of not really looking at them. They're not... There's a very, very slim chance, if you're just looking at pure stats, that they're going to finish as a startable player on your roster. Once they get into their 23-year-olds, 24-year-olds, 25-year-olds, right up until they're 30, that's when there's a higher percent chance of them all hitting your fantasy leagues all this data is from 20 uh, from since 2009 so it's there's 12 years of data 12 seasons of data i'm looking at here let's get onto the running backs because this is a completely different story running backs you'll find out why since 2009 there's only been 28 21 year old running backs who are the rb1 on their team so I'm, I didn't look at guys that were like third in their depth chart. That would have been crazy. 
So there's only been 28, 21-year-olds. There was a few, actually. I, I probably should take that back. There was a few that had some productive weeks, and I added them in. Um, I can't remember any off the top of my head. I did this a fair few hours ago, and I've got lots and lots of stats in my head at the moment. But there was a few players that ha- had semi-productive seasons, like I think one guy played nine games, averaged nine points or something across nine games. I figured he was good enough to throw in here. So there's been 28, 21-year-olds who have been fantasy-relevant. Only three, well, only when I say only three, finished as a top-five running back. So that's the highest percentage of players hitting as a top-five running back. So 21-year-old running backs that have the highest chance of finishing as a top-five running back. That also translates over to an RB1 because the, the stats actually were very, very close. So basically, a 21-year-old running back who is the RB1 on their team has the greatest chance to be the most productive player on your fantasy team. The next highest percentage chance was 24-year-olds, so second, third year on their rookie contract. Just under 10% of all 24-year-old running backs who, again, are fantasy-relevant, finished as an RB1. So there was 100... I looked at about 150 players. 10% of them finished... 10% of them finished in the top five. So I don't know what that works out as a top 12, but roughly 24-year-olds is your second best. So if you, if you can't find any 21-year-old running backs to draft into your teams because they've got the, got the highest, go for your 24-year-olds. 24-year-olds seems to be the next best. The next best and the one after that, we skip a lot of ages. It's 26 and 28. 26-year-olds got an 8.5% chance of finishing as a top five running back fantasy. And 28-year-olds have got an 8.1% chance of finishing as a top five back for fantasy. So completely different to wide receivers in that the younger backs, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious, but I just thought I'd throw the stats out there anyway. The younger backs, or the super young backs, like the 21-year-olds, they're the ones that are going to be in your top five fantasy running backs for the season long. The next best is the 24-year-olds, the next best after that, 26-year-olds, and then 28-year-olds. Still, 8, 8.1% of all 28-year-old running backs for the last 12 years finished in the top five at the end of the season. That's pretty cool. So that would be like your Derrick Henrys from this year. Now, let's talk about RB2s because top 24 running back, if they're outside the top 24 running back, generally they're not going to be in your starting roster every week. So I went and looked at players that finished top 24 for the season and how old they were. 37, the highest of the lot, was 28 years old. 37% of 28-year-old running backs finish as a top 24 back. 30, I'll say that again. 37% of 28-year-old running backs finish, it, finish the season as a top 24 back. The peak, I find, and I called it the peak, is 24 to 28-year-olds. 24 to 28-year-old of all running backs from 2009 to now, 32 to 37% between all the ages. So 24 was 32%, 28 
28 was 37%. So you want new running backs in that age group, 24 to 28 year olds. Ideally, you want the 24 year olds. 24 year old running back is where you seem to get your peak production. And then you want to sell them at 27 or 28 because then it dips off and it dips off massively. 29 to 33 year olds was the was the worst. So your 29 to 33 year old running backs had the worst percentage of finishing the season as a top 24 running back. The under 24 year olds, so the 21 to 23 year olds, they finished under 30% chance. So not far off. They're, they're not terrible, but still, it was like 28.5% chance of finishing as an RB2 where your 22 and 23 year olds and the very few amount of 21 year old backs that, that come in, your Josh Jacobs types. So that answers that question. That was a lot of numbers. That was a lot of percentages. Jesus Christ, how many times did I say percent just then? But that answers your question. So basically, what I'm getting at is people look at age too much. But you've also got to know when to get off them because you can still buy a 26-year-old wide receiver really, really cheap and they're going to give you three years of production before they start to drop off. And even more, like if they're the right receiver, if they're healthy, I have seen stats of 34-year-old wide receivers still putting up top 12 wide receiver numbers. So there's no reason why if a player is healthy, you can't just hang on to them right until the end of their career. They're still going to put up numbers for your teams. So I don't really, I don't really understand this narrative behind once they get off their rookie contract, you've got to keep drafting, you've got to keep trading back. Not draft, I should. Once they finish their rookie contract, trade back and pick up more draft pieces and draft another guy coming into the NFL. It just, it, I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm not, I'm not against picking up first round picks, but in saying that, your Cooper Cups and your Devo Samuels and your Devontae Adams and your Tyreek Hills are still in their peak and they're going to be in their peak for a few more years. Don't go and sell your Cooper Cups cheap for... like I could see trades at the moment, Jalen Waddle for Cooper Cup straight up. Now, at the moment, I am taking Cooper Cup all day in Dynasty. All day. Because I know, looking at these stats he's going to be productive for a few more years. Everyone looks at that 22-year-old Jalen Waddle that's getting plenty of targets, and they go, oh, yeah, give me that. But in reality, for the next two or three seasons, Cooper Cup is going to average more fantasy points than Jalen Waddle, and you haven't had to overpay to get Jalen Waddle. So that's what I'm getting at with all these stats, and I hope that answered your question, Ross. Uh, but that'll do for tonight, I think. I have been hectic. It's been crazy doing this, but it's also been very, very interesting for me because it sort of reflects what I've always thought, and that is what I've just been talking about for the last hour. Um, but anyway, that'll do for tonight. Uh, I'll get back on to routine next week. Actually, there will be a big podcast next week with or end of this week with a few of us on. Uh, we're going to be mocking the NFL draft again. It's going to be mock 2.0. Uh, not fantasy, just 
your normal NFL draft. Um, so that'll do for tonight. I'll see you all next week. Uh, footy NRL starts in 10 days. Get excited. My shark is just one. My shark has just flogged the Bulldogs. So up, up, Cronulla. And I'll see you all next time. Who's going to catch him? No one's going to catch him. Goodbye.